Hello, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, coming to you from the studio in Yorkshire, England, where it's cold out there. Still pretty wintry. It's been a nice sunny day, actually, but deceptive because we're not halfway through February yet, and so it's still pretty chilly. I'm cold sitting here now, actually. <laughs> I've got my fleece on. I should light the fire, really. So how are you all doing? It's been a while, isn't it? Firstly, let me say this is not a rewatch podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Season 3 has been on an unintentional hiatus for a few months. I didn't intend to leave it so long, and I don't really have an excuse. I mean, we've had been busy at work, we've had holidays, we've had family stuff. But, you know, it's been <laughs> such a long time that um, those sorts of excuses tend to, you know, they might account for a few weeks, but not a few months. I'm sorry, guys. I can promise that I will definitely get back to the rewatch as soon as I can. But with that said, if you're not up to date with Dexter, and I mean right up to the end of New Blood, please be warned, there may be spoilers ahead for you, so I'd suggest you skip this podcast. <laughs> or better still, finish watching Dexter, do that, and then come back. Okay, still here? Good. So, let's get, uh, let's quickly recap, because last August 2022, we had that tease from David Nevins at Showtime about development on a new blood sequel and we had that impromptu podcast to talk about it when I was joined by Nick Henderson. I'm back today because as many of you will already be aware we've had some breaking news about New Dexter. It came hot on the heels of an announcement the week before. Uh, so actually I should stick some dates in here shouldn't I? So on the 30th of January 2023 it was announced that Paramount Plus and Showtime would merge. Paramount, previously known as CBS All Access. The streaming service would combine with Showtime and move forward as, and I'm holding up my fingers as, as quotes, <laughs> Paramount Plus with Showtime. This is all in response to the increasingly competitive streaming market. Moving forward, though, it was stated that some changes to programming would be inevitable, with some cancellations in the pipe, but also promotion of the more successful properties that account for the bulk of their viewing figures. Can you see where this is going? Regardless of what some fans thought of New Blood, or the reception that the Season 8 finale got, Dexter has long been one of Showtime's biggest commercial successes and so there was a rumour that something could happen on the back of the merger. However, the early rumour was that the teased New Blood sequel had been shelved, although I don't know if there was enormous disappointment, as although New Blood was successful, the appetite for a sequel involving Harrison overall seemed a bit lukewarm. I think that's fair. Jump forward then to this week, Monday the 6th of February and Showtime put out a press release that got the fan base buzzing in all kinds of ways. But let's look at what the announcement said before I comment. I'll not read it word for word, but I'll give you a summary, which will be a recap for those of you who already know. Okay, Showtime 
have placed a straight to series order for Dexter Origins to be executive produced by Clyde Phillips, depicting Dexter coming out of college and joining Miami Metro. They are developing a new version of Dexter New Blood, following the ongoing emergence of Harrison. They are also exploring projects based on other characters from the Dexter universe, such as the makings of the Trinity Killer. So, the press release said it was a lot more wordy than that. That was really the, the too long, didn't read, uh, in a nutshell, sort of summary. <laughs> Quite a lot to chew on there. It's like the occasional Lucasfilm press conferences, or, or Marvel do them from time to time, when, um, or in the case of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy stands up there and opens the floodgates on the next wave of Star Wars projects. Stuff greenlit, some just in development, not all of which find their way onto our screens. But for this, only three projects announced here, and one of them kind of fluffy. One of the projects actually greenlit for production, so it seems like we are getting Dexter Origins, which apparently is a working title, by the way. We'll see about the others, but let's look at all these a bit more closely. This is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. It helps me control the chaos. So for me, I'm obviously absorbed in the Dexter story and the characters we've met, of which I'm interested in to greater or lesser degrees. We've seen many different killers and some big bads. Again, some of them interest me more than others. Trinity is, of course, iconic, really well written and unforgettably played by John Lithgow. Season four remains a beloved season of Dexter, and of all Dexter's adversaries. This is probably the one that we would most want to see explored in a spin-off, I think. Season 4 did show a bit of Arthur Mitchell's upbringing to help us understand a little of where he came from, but a spin-off show could dive deep and could make for a compelling story. As long-term listeners will know, I've developed a great interest in mental health these last few years, and I find it fascinating peeling back the layers to find out how someone's difficulties may have come about. And you often find commonalities. There's definitely mileage in exploring where Trinity came from. Would any other Dexter Big Bads generate as much interest? I think Brian Moser would be interesting. His wilderness years. We know he was missing the nurturing environment of a family home and mentoring of a father figure, but maybe there's scope to explore his younger years and see how he became a far more chaotic individual than his brother. I think, I think there may be, I think there may be the most iconic Dexter Big Bads and perhaps that's the direction the show would go in, looking at those guys rather than exploring some of the lesser remembered ones or even the kills of the week. Although that said, some of those were interesting in their own ways, but I'm not sure they'd warrant a full series. Would they go the anthology route and have a season of, say, I don't know, six episodes covering a few 
choice characters rather than a full season on one character. Although I think Trinity and the Ice Truck Killer would justify a larger story, a longer story. Of course, I've only considered the killers so far. It's quite possible that a spin-off show could focus on others. How about a show about dokes? Maybe his early days working with LaGuerta? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe a Frank Lundy show. You know how I'm a big fan of Lundy. What about the Deb College years? Imagine that, Deb at college. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that would be a different sort of show. I don't know, God lover. <laughs> who else? I don't honestly know who'd be compelling enough to justify a full series. The Origins show will probably cover off some earlier history for some old friends in Miami Metro, I would assume. I don't know. Who would you like to see? Okay, so I've mentioned it again. Let's look at the Origins show. The one title that's been announced as being actually greenlit, which means, to my mind, they're committing to development and production. So the premise is that we'll follow a young Dexter Morgan as he graduates from college to join Miami Metro, where he meets younger versions of many of the characters we know from the original series, with a particular focus on Dexter's family. So it's Dexter the early years. They want to show us how he transitioned into the focused serial killer we know and love. Now, my immediate concern is that the original series showed us so many flashbacks that we already have a good picture of how Dexter started. Those early days of hurting animals, Harry's slow realisation that he can't fix this boy and decides to help channel his urges instead. Do some good. Do some good with them. Hey, maybe we'll see a young Dr Vogel. We've already seen Dexter's first human kill. We've already seen a lot of how he came to be the man we met back in season one. Thinking about it though, we didn't see much of his early career with the police. Did we even see anything from this period? I can't remember anything off the top of my head. Correct me if I'm, mis if I'm mistaken. <laughs> so perhaps this is a fresh part of his history to explore and see how he refined his skills and his MO. Given that we'd be watching young versions of established characters and our original actors are significantly older than they were when season one was shot all those years ago. So it's fair to say that just about everyone will be recast, won't they? The big one, of course, is who would play Dexter. Halls are enormous shoes to fill, and so are Jennifer Carpenter's. On Twitter, I saw someone suggest Evan Peters to play a young Dexter. He's recently played Jeffrey Dahmer and did a brilliant job. Thing is, Peters is now 36. He's a talented actor, no question. But would we buy him as a young man in his early 20s? Possibly. But would he want to play another serial killer so soon? Albeit a fictional one this time. I think he'd certainly be a good one to consider though. I'd be interested to hear who you could see in key roles. Could they go down the road of casting relative unknowns? What do you think? A concern I have for an origin series is what big moments or surprises could they have? What could they shock us with 
that we won't look at and say, why wasn't this ever referred to in the original series? They have to come up with a compelling story that will gel nicely with what's gone before. We know from the M99 controversy in New Blood, the fan base will pick up on any inconsistency, for better or worse. Clyde Phillips will no doubt be aware of how fans picked up on stuff like that in New Blood, and he'll hopefully be mindful of ensuring a show that's as watertight as possible. Phillips and, and the rest of his creative team. And we don't know who else is on board yet. However, as far as I can see, this situation starts to limit the creative freedom. They have a long-running pre-existing show to respect, but like I said, we have this issue of what kind of surprises they can spring. Creatively, of course, they'll want some twists and turns. We as viewers will want to be surprised. It's all part of an enjoyable viewing experience, isn't it? Honestly, I think we'll have to cut them some slack and not be too hard on any significant character moments that, that would impact on later life. They could actually include stuff that reinforce later character decisions. I'm thinking in particular how Dexter reacted in the New Blood finale that split the audience. How he behaved then may have been informed by something he went through in earlier life, a time when he got cornered somehow and, and at risk of being discovered. Although, <laughs> I can hear the reaction to this now, though. <laughs> Maybe some of you shouting at your, um, your MP3 player <laughs> right now, or your iPod, or whatever you're listening to this on. iPod, God, that dates me. <laughs> I know what you'll be saying, though. Oh, they shouldn't have to show things now to make stuff from before make more sense. They should have made sense to begin with. Fair enough. <laughs> that is fair enough. But I guess we'll judge it when the time comes. You know, after Miami, I never get used to this damn cold. I thought you didn't know me. You were right. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. I'm Dexter Morgan. Your father. Okay, so moving on. Let's look at Dexter New Blood 2 which they say is in development, which could mean that they're just batting around some ideas to see if they can come up with a, a good enough story to run with. However, it would involve continuing the story of Harrison. His fate was left completely open-ended when New Blood was done. The press release says that Harrison flees to New York City after the events of New Blood, where he must wrestle with his own violent nature and whether, like his father, he too is compelled to kill. Unlike with Origins, I think the writers have much more creative freedom here. There is no known endpoint for Harrison's story, unlike for Dexter himself. At this point, I feel like the Harrison story interests me a little more, although after New Blood ended, I was hoping that he wouldn't end up a killer like his dad, that maybe he got the closure he needed and could move on. However, as we talked about a lot last year, He's still a damaged young man, perhaps even more so after the events of New Blood. And we don't know if he'd hurt anyone prior to coming to Iron Lake, whether Ethan was the first. There's plenty left to discover about him. It would be so easy to let him slip the same way as his father, but without the guidance of Harry. 
We know Michael C. Hall is done with the character, so unless they write him a big fat check for a billion dollars an episode, we may not be seeing him as Ghost Dad. I'd be really interested in seeing Harrison struggle with himself and his own darkness, but follow his own path. What that could look like exactly, I'm not sure, but maybe he seeks out Aster and Cody. I mean, we speculated that on, on the podcast last year. Are Astor and Cody in New York now? Although the press release says New York, the show's not written yet, so they could set it anywhere. Maybe Harrison struggles to contain his anger and it spills over his violence, but not murder, at least to start with. It could be. It could be a fascinating exploration of mental health following trauma. Revisit the whole nature versus nurture concept. Showtime do say that the show would explore similar themes to the original series, but through a new lens. And they could surprise us as much as they like without risking contradicting something from the original series. Listener feedback. All this news has got you guys talking too, and I've been chatting with a few of you on social media this week. I heard from listener John Lewis, who also picked up on the greater creative freedom that the writers will get with New Blood 2. And this is the future show that he's looking forward to more. He says with the Harrison story, there are more untold story options. And with this younger character, it can really go anywhere. With Origins, he feels like we know all about young Dexter already. And he's not keen on the prospect of recasting our old characters. In other comments, Tommy Shelton felt that the whole thing was dead in the water when the idea was first pitched. Although, if I remember, I don't think Tommy was a fan of the New Blood finale. It's a shame that the negative feeling is continuing a year on for a lot of people, but I suppose some fans feel that they got stung twice with finales they didn't like. Elsewhere, Bruce Evans wonders if they could just do a full reboot with a new actor as Dexter and adapt all the books. This would certainly be a radical direction to go in, and there may be some fans who would be on board with this, particularly those who have a great love for the books. I have to say, though, that I, I wouldn't be a fan of a full, a full reboot. Michael C. Hall is so iconic, and his performance so good over the years. I just, I just wouldn't want to see someone else in the role. I honestly think that I would have a hard time accepting a new actor playing young Dexter in Origins. That'll take some getting used to. They'll have a tough job on their hands. Like, um... What was his name? In Solo. Alden Ehrenreich. Like he did when he took on the role of Han Solo. As an actor, you would want to put your own stamp on a character. But then again, from the fan's perspective... It's a beloved character, and without the quirks the original actor brought to the role, it wouldn't feel the same. It's a tough one. Although, you could argue that Ewan McGregor did a great job of making Kenobi his own, following in the footsteps of the great Alec Guinness. So, you can argue that a successful recasting is definitely doable. Bruce thinks that after a few episodes with new actors, we'll get used to them, and that's certainly possible. Patron and previous guest on the podcast, Kim Shang, says that she feels apprehensive, which is an interesting emotion to feel about this, and I totally understand. For me, 
and a lot of people, I was happy with how Dexter's story ended. I got it. His story was complete for me. We knew his life. His early history regularly filled in through the many flashbacks we got over the years. And now Origins, it seems, will focus on a part of his life we didn't see in the original series. I've already talked about some of my concerns with this, so maybe I'm a little apprehensive too, but I trust that they'll do their best to give us a compelling story to further flesh out Dexter's development and early career. Long-time listener and contributor Deanna seems more, more than apprehensive, though. She says she's tired of shows that have a great premise and start off well but fluff the ending. I remember from last year that Deanna wasn't keen on the New Blood finale and she sent in some really well-reasoned feedback about it at the time. She hopes that for any new series, they take the time to think the whole thing through and keep it strong from beginning to end. Remember what we said earlier, that details matter or the fans will notice. Deanna's concerned that the network is just interested in making money and trying to cash in on one of their biggest properties. From a business standpoint, you can see why they'd do that, but creatively, it's not always necessarily a good idea if something has already had its end. In a Facebook post a few days ago, I said that I was struggling to muster too much excitement, and Deanna says that this reflects her feelings too, but with a healthy dose of scepticism thrown in. You know, I think I'm, I think, formulating my thoughts on the fly here, I, I think now I'm talking about it here, and having talked with some of you this week, I'm feeling less neutral about it, a bit less, nah, <laughs> if that's a word, it is, isn't it? I still love Dexter. And I still love doing this podcast and particularly interacting with all of you. Having an excuse to get the mic out of the drawer and record about New Dexter. It's exciting and I was really looking forward to putting my thoughts together for recording this. I'd say I'm more cautiously optimistic now. Depending on what shows we actually get coming to fruition. We still don't know too much about what's coming up. Possibly some of the announced projects will never actually make it to our screens. Although, if anything does, at this point it sounds like it'll be Origins. One last bit of feedback to cover from our good friend Nick Henderson. He and I spoke through DMs on Twitter and I was going to ask him for permission to quote him. But then he sent me an email and put all his thoughts down. So I'll read it to you. Hey Gareth, I just wanted to share some quick thoughts about the big news. Despite previous reports, Showtime and Paramount are moving forward with a big expansion of the Dexter brand. I think it goes without saying that many of us are unsure of how to feel about this. On one hand, Dexter is a character and story first, and there are countless ways to tell a good story. On the other, this character has been synonymous with Michael C. Hall and his brilliant performance for almost two decades now. The thought of continuing forward without him is... Scary, to say the least. Needless to say, this new iteration will live or die by whomever they choose to carry the torch. With that said, I've been pleasantly surprised in the past. 
I never expected anyone to compare to Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, but Mads Mikkelsen, Mikkelsen was perfect in the role. Yes, Nick. <laughs> Thanks. I loved Mikkelsen in the Hannibal in the Hannibal series. That is another great example of a successful recasting. Anyway, Nick continues by saying, Personally, I was hoping they might treat a prequel series as a full-fledged reboot to free themselves from the constraints of what happened in the original series. Obviously, that is not the direction they've opted to go. With that said, I do think there are exciting stories and dynamics to explore. For instance, getting a more detailed look at how Harry, and maybe Vogel, shaped him into a killer could be thrilling to watch. Yeah, I'll interject again here. I, I also wondered if we'd see a young Vogel. There's some... Maybe some interesting stories to tell around that. Your thoughts here echo what Bruce said earlier, suggesting the full reboot option. Honestly, I can't get enthusiastic about... I can't even say enthusiastic. <laughs> I can't get enthusiastic about that, though, as we'd have two versions of the same character's story. I'm not sure my brain could handle two mutually exclusive Dexter universes. But Nick continues... As for New Blood Season 2, I think Jack Alcott as Harrison was a slam dunk, and I'm eager to see how they might continue his story. My hope is that they focus on his struggle to not follow in his father's footsteps. That darkness is clearly there, but that tug of war going on inside him could ultimately lead him to become something very different, but every bit as formidable as his father. It's hard to see right now, but I do think there's a lot of potential here. Not to mention, I adored almost every aspect of New Blood from, produ from a production standpoint. Point. I would love to see how they carry on the tone and aesthetic into a second season. Interjecting again, I totally agree with you here, Nick. Alcott was a success as Harrison, and maybe he'd be up to carrying a show focused on him. And the production quality of New Blood, yes, it was fantastic. I love the snowy forest, the small town location, the way the show was lit, the way it was framed, the music. They did such a great job there. Nick finishes off by saying that he's less optimistic about the potential spin-offs focused on characters like Trinity. He says, and I quote him again, I struggle to imagine a story that they could tell that wouldn't feel gross and unnecessary. Trinity is not a sympathetic character. He's a villain, not an anti-hero. I'm just not sure how interested I am in seeing more of his story if it's not through the lens of a character like Dexter. That's all I've got for now, but as always, I'm looking forward to dissecting more Dexter with you and the community as we head into this new era. That's a fair point, Nick. Although Dexter's a killer, He's an anti-hero and sympathetic in so many ways. What redeeming qualities does Trinity have? Any show devoted to him could be a dark and bleak affair, devoid of the levity that made much of the darker stuff in Dexter more palatable. Thanks for the email, Nick. If you like, you can keep tabs on Nick's thoughts on Dexter and all sorts of other stuff by following him on Twitter, at your host Nick. He also hosts the 4Player podcast and writes for the Dexter Daily website. But I'm looking forward to his involvement and dissecting whatever Dexter we get in the future. So that's about it, really. We've got 
one show greenlit, one in development, but not definite, and one or more others being batted around in, shall we call it, the ideas department. If oranges... <laughs> if origin... If Origins goes into production, <laughs> Dexter Oranges. Now there's a name for a spin-off. <laughs> Is that Dexter's homage to the Godfather or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> if Origins goes into production, I don't suppose we'll see anything until summer or autumn 2024 at the earliest, probably. There's so much time for things to change and projects to be more nailed down. In the meantime, I need to get back to the rewatch, don't I? And I apologise for the long gap since the last time we checked in with um, Dexter and Miguel Prado and the collapse of their wonderful bromance. I'll do my best to get back to it as soon as I can. I really will. If you want to support the podcast and help with the hosting costs, you could become a Patreon. Support can start from £1 a month and every penny helps. You can sign up by going to www.patreon.com slash dissectingdexter and my eternal thanks go to all my supporters on there. You could always just drop me a line. Why not? Whenever you like. <laughs> the email address, as always, is dissectingdexter at gmail.com and I'll usually respond within a couple of days. Sometimes I... I can go a little bit without checking the the mailbox but um i do endeavor to get back to anyone who emails thanks to those of you who've reached out since the last po podcast among them phil dunn emma maximoff and des maravet thank you guys the inbox is pretty quiet when there's no dexter around and no podcast being recorded but it's always nice to hear from people it's actually given me a buzz this week having some Dexter news to talk about and interacting with you guys on social media. Credit to our old buddy Travis for breaking the news to me about the official announcement on Monday. I had to read his message twice <laughs> and was even a little sceptical about whether it was just another rumour until I saw it was an official Showtime announcement. Travis himself is um, maybe uh, a little sceptical himself about how this will go he he feels that that it may be doomed to disappoint i hope he's wrong i think he hopes he's wrong too because <laughs> i know travis loves dexter as much as any other fan i know anyway i've kept you long enough but i make no apology for that no i don't I've loved putting this together and thinking about Dexter again. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm more excited about this than I first thought. Special thanks again to my Patreon supporters. Thanks to everyone who has either emailed or commented on social media this week. And thanks to all of you for listening. And we'll hopefully be back very soon dissecting some more Dexter together. Until then, I love you. Take care. Bye for now.